Hi, I'm Sandra Buchanan, all the way from Hudson, New York, an iron sharpener. I welcome all my guests, all my viewers, everyone listening, everyone seeing us. My God, we are excited for iron sharpener. We're excited for our great guest God has in store for us today. What is iron sharpener about? If you're here on iron sharpener for the first time, iron sharpener is a platform that God has given to me. Hallelujah. So we could bring on great and mighty men and women of God to empower this generation, to impact a generation that wants to be empowered. Glory to God. Um, someone who have a testimony that God have done great things in your life because somewhere down the line, life and death is in the power of the tongue and you could eat a soul evil seed in somebody's life or so good seed plant seeds but words are so powerful and especially mothers who have children when you plant seed in their life you better be good seed it better be a good word because they will grow up with that word and it matters who speak in their life it matter what words were spoken because they would believe that from their youth and they grow up my god so we just thank god for praying parents in this generation that will prove their skin kids and cancel ever negative words and erase it and, and just bring them up in the ways of the Lord so they can fulfill destiny. Amen. So I'm just so excited for this platform. This platform is also for businessmen and businesswomen who want to advertise their businesses on this platform, who want to glory to God, let the generation know about their businesses so this platform does, is doing a lot of things, a lot of great things. Hallelujah. So we're excited. If you want to be a part of us, you want to come and be a guest, you could email us at ironsharpener21 at gmail.com. If you want to advertise your business, also email ironsharpener21 at gmail.com. If you want to um, advertise an event, a, a show, whatever it is that you want to advertise this is a platform for you to do it an iron sharpener also we want to hear your success story from rags to riches what god have done where he brought you out of and where you are today because someone is in your shoe and they don't know how to get out but they know god have placed greatness inside of them they need to be impacted and empowered they need a word to be spoken in their life they need to give birth to that greatness. So this is what Iron Sharpener is about. To push you into your destiny. Amen. Glory to God. So we are excited. We're a new show. But God is doing mighty things. Hallelujah. We're a global show. We are international show. Iron Sharpener is international. Glory to God. So before we get into some advertisement. I want to welcome my guest. Um, Pastor Erica Cooper. My God, she is amazing, looking beautiful on my show. Welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're just so happy that you're on the show today. I saw her on Facebook, an advertisement. I don't remember what ad, but I know it was God's will to connect with you. I saw the ad. I never spoke to you before, but it spoke to me. And I said, she must be an iron sharpener. 
her business have to be an iron sharpener. So here we are, an iron sharpener, Pastor Erica. Thank you, and it's an honor to have you. So please um, take this opportunity to tell us your uh, your testimony and what God has done for you. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. My name is Lady Erica Cooper, and I just want everyone to know that no matter what you've been through, God still has a better place for you. There's still greatness in you. And that's where I have the organization called Trapped with a Treasure. And it speaks to my heart because the scripture that goes with that is in Isaiah 45 and 3, where God tells us that I will give you the treasures of darkness and the what's in the darkness and those hidden broken things, riches of the secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who, who called you, is the same God of Israel. And what happens is I was in a domestic violence marriage and I was broken. I was depressed and I was just going through so much because I opened my heart up and my mother-in-law, ex-mother-in-law was the one that introduced me to her son. And he came with a lot of problems. And because of me, I'm a bubbly person. I'm like, oh, I can help. You know, he had issues with, you know, marijuana or he had issues that, you know, small issues that I was told in the beginning. But then he started being abusive towards me. And that's not something that I can handle. I couldn't handle that because I've never been in a place where someone would put their hands on me or hit me. And um, it made me feel really degraded. It made me feel really bad because that's something that we normally keep ourselves. We, we, we require about it. We hide it. So in the beginning, I hid it because, first of all, I didn't know a place to go. Um I had worked with some people that were abused, but their, their, their answer to me was you have to get out. But how do you get out of something when you're in love with someone, you know, when you're married to them? Cause I, I was married to this person. And from the start of the first time he hit me, it was a second time. So it was one of his excuses was, Oh, you know, I'm on drugs. I didn't mean to, I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. And for those of us who's been in an abusive relationship, we know they always say, I'm sorry, um, by the roses. But it did something to me, just not internally, but personally. Because when you give your heart to someone, you expect to get the love returned. And it didn't. It didn't happen that way. Um, I not only had a black eye, two black eyes at the same time and tried to cover it. At the same time, I found out that my father had cancer. And that was a struggle because I was the person to take him back and forth to the doctor. And he knew something was wrong, but I didn't quite open up to tell him because I didn't want him worrying about me. Because then I know being a daddy's girl, it wouldn't have gone over easy. And it was just something, a cycle that I just endured because I thought that I could help this person. I can deal with it. It was something that I felt that, you know, if I changed or maybe if I can help him not go do drugs, or get into that area. So I took on a responsibility that it wasn't even mine. It belonged to the Lord. And even though he would go to church with me, because that's something he knew I was big on, there was not really any God in the heart of the person. Because just to go to church, sometimes people just do it for tradition. That on Sundays, you get dressed, you go to church. But it's something you have to live with in your heart. So I was feeling broken. I was abused. Um, people knew when I would go to work and that was hard to hide. I felt like there was no one I can really talk to at that time. And as time went on, six months later, my father died. 
And I just felt alone. And I felt like I can't take this anymore. And the one thing I did was I did open up to my father before he passed. And he was like, baby girl, you got to get out of that situation. That's not something that, you know, you should be enduring when, you know, you're in marriage. And I did try to move. Um, I wanted to move my job and transfer my job. So I transferred a little farther out of Florida. Well, at the end of Florida, in Pensacola. And it got worse because I had no one around me. I didn't have any family there. So his abuse got even worse because I was in a place thinking I was moving to help him. But really, it was a place where I was more isolated. And who can I run to? Where can I go? He had taken my car. I don't know what happened to my car. So I got to a point where I said enough is enough. I remembered the words of my father. So um, I came back to Tampa, which is where I was from. And when I came back, I was at a friend's house and I'm like, I felt broken and abused. I left everything that I had and um, including him back. And I just felt like, okay, I have to start over again. You know, getting your driver's license again, getting your social security, get all that stuff all over again. And it's like, once I got that point, I was, God was building, you know, helping me build my, my self-confidence back. I felt like I lost the person who I was. I knew I was always a helper, a go-getter. Now I need help. And for me, um, it was really hard. But with God's grace and, and mercy, I managed to get the things I needed. I got me another job. And um, what happened was at that time, he he found me. And he was like, if you, if I, you know, I would take him back. He would definitely, you know, do better and go to um, this place that they have in Tampa where the men can go to get free housing and they get like, um, like a drug treatment where they can give them drug, you know, counseling to get off of drugs or whatever, get them off the streets. He promised to go there. He went, so I took him, I went back. And that was the last time I went back because that time, that was the time where I didn't think I was going to make it out. He left the center. He came back home in the middle of the night. I'm like, what are you doing here? You know, that I had that fear. And, you know, eventually a couple of weeks later, he started back on the drugs. He started back being abusive and stealing my car and it was just too much to handle. It was very stressful. And at that very time, I just was losing my identity again. And I'm like, okay, I can't take this anymore. My father's gone. You know, I still have my mother and my other siblings, but my father was someone who would always talk the type of, the way he would talk to me is the wisdom he would give me. You know, it made it easy to understand. My mom, she was like, get away from him. He's so good for you you know, the negative stuff, like, why are you taking this? But that's what a parent does. And sometimes when you're in abuse, you don't want to hear that. But my father, he was more softer in the way he talked to me and he can get through to me better. Eventually, after being in that marriage for four years, off and on, I decided enough was enough. I was empty. I felt like, you know, he taken my car. I had these detectives come to me saying my car was used for something, some type of robbery, but they knew he had it because they had a video of him. And I said, I can't do this anymore. It's tearing me apart. My identity, I don't look myself. I just looked at like I was just worn out and you can see it on my face. So I decided in January, January um, 29th, 2012, I had to go. So I called the police. They did a report. And that's when I found out that I can take my report to the office, the rental office, and they can let you out of your lease immediately. And it wouldn't go on your credit. It's not an eviction. So anyone who's dealing with domestic violence, if you're in an apartment complex, long as you have proof, like a police report saying that you're in a domestic situation, 
they will let you out of your lease so you can relocate to a safe place. And that's when I got a different apartment. And it was in a place that is not a normal place for me. It was in a so-so area. And at that point, to be honest, I just felt like my whole world was upside down. A lot of times when we're going through a lot of despair, what we do is we blame God. So I was like, God, how could you let this happen to me? You know, I'm a woman of God. I was in church. But the problem was I didn't have a relationship with God at that time because I was putting so much focus on what I was going through that I would just say a prayer. But I didn't wait for God's answer. I wouldn't. I didn't have the patience at that time I see now to listen to his direction. So once I left the relationship, I was able to get that one-on-one back with God. But I'm not going to say that it happened right away because I felt suicidal. I felt like my life is over. I got married, did the right thing. My father has passed away and life is just not worth living. And at that time... I had made a Facebook page because I was never allowed to. My husband, my ex-husband didn't want me with the page. And that's where I met this lady with an organization called Bruised But Not Broken. And I told her how I felt. I felt suicidal. I didn't know this lady from, I, I couldn't pick her out. I didn't know her. And she says, where are you? Give me your, I gave her my number. She said, I'll come be with you. I'll come sit with you, but you are not taking your life. You're not going to sit in pity. God has more for you. And at that time I was like, yeah, okay. So I would join her. She came and found me. And um, we we talked for a little while. Um, at that time, we talked over the phone. And she had where on Mondays, you get on for prayer. You don't have to say anything. But if you're down and depressed, you've been in an abusive marriage, whatever's going on, and you're just down, she wanted you to join. So I would get on the line and listen. And I hear the other women and what they've gone through. And it would break my heart because I felt like that's me. Like we hide these things when we should be more verbal. And that I'm not the only one. So I was able at that time to have a little conversation that gave me a little glimpse of hope. And at that time, also, I started reading my Bible more because I had two black eyes. I had a gash across my face. So I do wear makeup to cover it up. Um, I went to the hospital because of one of the abuse. The last time he hit me, they had to sew my lip back together. And even the nurse that was holding my hand was crying because they had to inject my lip with Novocaine to numb it, but the Novocaine didn't work. So when they tried to clean up the blood, they saw where the Q-tip went straight through my mouth. So they had to do like something on the inside, a soft um, stitch on the inside and on the outside of my mouth. And I just, to me, I didn't look recognizable of the person, the bubbly person I once was. So this time I was able to just kind of get a glimpse of hope from that group, but also... I was led by God to find this church called Bible-based fellowship church at Temple Terrace, which is in Tampa. And ironically, I'm like, wow, God, you got jokes because <laughs> I was getting that relationship back. And God, you know, sometimes we think that God is stern and he has his whip. And when we do wrong that, you know, it's just conviction, conviction, but God is a God of love and he is for real. And he wants to talk with us and he wants to encourage us. And sometimes I'm like, okay, you got jokes because the church was actually right across the street another block down from where I moved. And I'm like, okay. And I went to that church and I used to sit in the back on Wednesdays at their Bible study. And cause I felt like I was just a nobody. And the pastor came up to me and asked me, who are you? God wants you in the front. I, he says, I have some anointing to put on you. And I'm like, who is this guy? But I eventually kept going on Wednesdays. I joined and they asked for someone to open up a pantry that it was available, but no one's, you know, helped to open it. 
So I was like, okay, at this time, I had just started theology school. I worked on the weekends for work at a nursing home. So I said, I can volunteer my time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And they gave me the opportunity, but they told me, you don't volunteer for God. Were you going to get your time back? It was a joke. I was told you, it's called serving. So I went to the um, to the house which they had across the street and it was beautiful. So I added some little details to make it look how I thought it should look because we had this um, wall that they had built that goes all the way across the entire living room and kitchen. And it was a wooden um, clothes rack. And the church was so profitable that people would buy brand new suits, brand new dresses, clothes, anything that they needed, like diapers. So when the people came in the neighborhood or wherever they came from, that stuff was available for them. And I was straightening out and, you know, reorganize the clothes. And then we started getting food. So we had this organization called um, Feeding America. And they gave us a contract to pretty much a lot of the stores in the neighborhood. So... When I started going to this house, I would sweep the front of the porch on my designated time and hang up the clothes, start coming for like furniture and stuff. I mean, not furniture, but for the clothes and stuff. And it started making my heart more tender that I didn't have to worry about me serving just a free time just to see the people happy about clothes, just to see a child happy about shoes that glitter. It just broke my heart because we take for granted a lot of things I believe that we have. But we forget about the ones that don't have, the have and the have nots. And a lot of the guys came, they were prideful, like they were embarrassed. I'm like, you don't have to be embarrassed. Like this is a ministry. If you want to come visit, we're across the street. And just the welcoming of them and embracing them, because it wasn't COVID back then. That was in 2012 and 2013, all the way to 16. We had a return, like the people coming, because I told not only you get clothes or shoes, but you also get prayer. And then we started making it even greater because we had a computer system in there for the elderly. When they come in, if they needed like um, assistance with getting insurance or Medicaid, we had people on the side helping them sign up. So we made it easy for them. And at this time, we just kept getting so many um, amounts of food that instead of giving it every Tuesday and Thursday, we were giving it every day. They had meats and they still do it. They have dairy products. They have anything that the store has and it's getting close to the date of expiration, like within that week, they had it. We've had steaks and, and all kinds of stuff. They give everything to the community so no one has to go hungry. But not only when we fed them naturally, we fed them spiritually. And it wasn't about growing the ministry. It was about letting them know that there's Christians out there and churches that care. And at that point, that's where my pastor at that time, he's like, I don't know who you are, but every time I come to church, you're here. You're here more than me and I'm the pastor. And one of the things I remember telling him is when you take care of God's house, he's going to take care of yours. And I meant that in a spiritual way, because at that time I was broken. No one really knew that I felt like I wanted to take my own life. No one knew at that time, especially that church, what I was going through internally, because a lot of times we put on a facade, we put on the makeup, we put on a mask and go outside. And that's where so many of us are in the place or a cycle that you keep repeating over and over again. And when you repeat that cycle of putting on a mask, going outside, going to work, going to school, you know, dealing with your families, that's when you're not really being authentic. And that's where the enemy is always going to be. He's going to be in that place because he got you to yourself, letting you think nobody cares, but someone does care. And that's where I, I know that God was able to reach me in that broken place. God needed to get me back to me in a place where it's me and him. 
where it used to be. And I thank God, even though some people may think it's crazy, I think God had to go through what I went through because he was there. He was keeping me. He was covering me. He was protecting me. And I can't minister to anyone about domestic violence if I have never been in it, if I never endured it. So I can help someone where I once was. And I just thank God for that because God is a God of love. He's a God of peace. He's a God of joy. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of everything that we need. And when I wrote a post on Facebook and so many people reached out to me, you were like the 34th person. Like, I, I need your story. I need to talk to you. It's because we have to know that enough is enough. Enough with putting on the mask. Enough with trying to pretend like you're okay. Enough with pretending that you're not getting beat. Enough with putting on the makeup. Take it off when you're at home, but take off the hurt and pain. One layer at a time. Open up your mouth. And at this time when I was, my, my faith was being built up so high and I was at a point where I can hear God and God said, feed my sheep. And at that time I ran to the church. It was right across the street, not far from my house. It's a block over. I said, what does that mean? And, 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 and I said, I'm feeding the people. I'm feeding the people across the street. I volunteered my time, but that's not what God wanted. He wanted the shy Erica to open up her mouth and tell people your story. Tell people that I am real. Let them know that no matter what they're going through, I have a, a, he's like the medicine. He has the antidote. The church is a hospital, which is where people go need to be so they can get the help they need. The church is like an emergency room. I tell people when you're going through that 911 situation, reach out to someone, reach out to an evangelist or the, the pastor or somebody because they have a word for you to encourage you to let you know that you are not alone. Man, woman, boy, child, whomever. There's so many people that are waiting to help those people who are in those places. I'm saying those, I'm not there, but you're going to be into something later. So that's why we need the word of God. We need to be encouraged. We need to trust the people of God. I know sometimes we see some Christians mess up, but remember, we're still on this walk. No one is perfect. We may slip, but we're not going to stay down long. God says you can fall seven times, but you can also get back up again. And I thank God that he got me back up again because the enemy knew he had a glimpse of what God was going to do. And what happened was I left that, that ministry and I wanted to move. And I was like, God, I'm tired of just going to work, coming home, going. I want something different. And God led me to Colorado. And I went to Colorado um, Springs and I left everything. I gave away my furniture. I gave away one of my cars and I left. My mom was like, don't leave, baby. I said, mom, this is a God move. And I didn't know anybody there, but God even used me there. And I thank God because sometimes when you... You, you get a word from God. Sometimes we doubt it. Or we think that's not going to happen to me or that's too big. But we have an enormous God. We have a big God. And moving from the East Coast to the West Coast was, I didn't think about it. I just moved. When God speak, I move. And it was a very easy move. And I got there and everything was great. And I had an apartment already set up for me. I had a job set up for me. And I was able to get in a place where I wasn't being pulled from my family. Help me here. Help me there. It was just a place of tranquility. It was a place of peace and looking at everything that God has created for us. Sometimes we need a change. You need a difference. And that difference, it's in yourself, but it's also in the glory of God. And just, I used to stare at the mountains like, wow, the array of the colors that you see. And it was beautiful. I'm here with Pastor Erica Cooper, um, a great woman of God. Her non-for-profit business is trapped with a treasure. And she helped a lot of men and women who are in domestic violence, um, home domestic violence, 
um, struggles and she was one that actually lived that life and here she is beautifully God of make her into a beautiful treasure amen so we are excited to have her for those who are just listening on Iron Sharpener we welcome you on Iron Sharpener radio show and we just want to get back to our guests I do have questions for you Pastor Erica um Okay. How did you get this name, Trap of the Treasure? Because you spoke about unforgiveness, and that's a big thing in the healing process. In order to be fully healed, there is bitterness and anger deep down in the roots because of the abuse. How do you forgive your abuser and then realize that you're a treasure on the inside that was trapped? I want you to elaborate on that. So it took me five years to forgive him and his mother and the entire family because I felt like I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve, it was a lot of hidden things going on. There was um, infections that I could have gotten that could have killed me that he told me he wanted to give me. And because he had found that he was HIV positive and I was just like, wow. And everyone knew but me. And I thank God that I didn't have it. I kept going every 90 days to the doctor and they kept saying, ma'am, you don't have it. Ma'am, you don't have it. But in my mind, I'm like, but I was married to this person. And it was a lot to ask for forgiveness of because so much was done. And when I would call for help for the police, the mother would go get him and hide him. So it was like a family thing. I understand after I left that she wanted to protect her son, but I'm someone's daughter. And it was a lot of hurt and bitterness and and. It was, it was a lot looking at my face every morning and the scars and people telling you, Oh, don't worry. You know, you've, you made it out alive, but you're still looking at the, the, the residue of what was once there. So, um, it took a lot. It started back in Florida. When I was at that church, we had a Bible study on forgiveness. And I was like, but what about if someone does this to you? They said, it doesn't matter. And at that time I'm like, but it does matter because I'm hurting. And I got so angry that I got up out of that Bible study and I left. And I, I, I wanted to carry that bitterness at the time. I was told, you just, you're carrying it, but you have to let it go. But I was like, but no one teaches you how to let go. No one, no one's listening. And I had to, when I went back the next week, we had it, it was a series. We had another conversation and it took me to let go of the anger. The more I was being talked to that they're saying he's going on with his life. He's with someone else, but you're left with the anger and you have to let it go. And I can honestly say it took me five years, layer after layer after layer. And that's where I thank God for even the move in Colorado, because that's where I was able to even join a church there. It was Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church in Colorado Springs. And once you join a church, I needed a covering when I got there. They have someone as a group of whatever area you live in that connects themselves with you because they don't want even one visitor to get away. They're not going to, they didn't make you join, but they let you know that somebody care. And I thank God because I even called them. I found the, the, the person who I was in that group with four years ago over the weekend. And I found her. And I don't know, I'm in New York. Well, I was in New York, but I'm in New Jersey now. But that I remember her caring and helping me. And it took a long time, but I had to let it go. Even though I had the scars and the bruise, I had to let it go. Even though there was a lot of things, my credit, you know, the cars, it was totaled or whatever. You have to let that stuff go. It's materialistic, but you have to want to let it go. And wanting to let it go means it doesn't matter what they've done to you. 
you got to let it go. You've got to forgive. You have to give it to God because when you're forgetting, it's giving it to God because he's taking those layers of anger that will hinder you from where you're going. He understands because God sees all. And he's the vindicator. He's the one that's going to repay. He's the one that's going to even love on those per the people that hurt us because he loves them too. And just because they got outside of his will doesn't mean he's going to get them. He's going to do back to them what you think he should do. And that's something else I, could, I was carrying. Like, well, he did this, so this should happen. But that was still holding on to the anger. We have to let everything go. And it took me a long time. And I thank God for the deliverance of that. Because now when things happen, you got to let it go. It, you, it, you can't let it hinder where Amen. you're going. So what about the name of your business, Trapped in a Treasure? Tell me about it. Did God give you that name? When I finally let go of all that junk <laughs> and God was able to pull the layers off. Um, I was in Colorado almost two years and my ex-husband, you know, I let that anger go so I could move on. And that's when God gave me the, 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 the opportunity to help other women. And I'm like, well, I don't, I'm scared to speak in public. Like I can speak in one-on-one. And God says, no, you need to feed my people, feed them the knowledge, feed them what you've been through, help them from where you came from. And everywhere I went, prophecies, I kept getting prophecies. Oh, you're going to have a women's organization, a group. Oh, God, it's going to be mighty. I'm like, okay, God, okay, God. Now you're confirming your word. And then this person met me on um, Facebook, which is now my husband. And, um, you know, I was talking with him and I was praying and God gave me the word trap with the treasure because it was something I was living. We're trapped in that anger. You're trapped in that madness. You're trapped with what you're thinking about, what they've done to you, but you take your focus off of the treasure. There's great man. I didn't know God had greater Amen. for me to come out of what I went through. So that's where trapped with the treasure came from. God gave it to me immediately. I wrote it down. You know, I woke up and wrote it down. I'm trapped with the treasure. I was trapped in that anger, in that part of my life where you know, even though I look at the scars, even though I remember what he done, it doesn't matter anymore because that was materialistic. And my face, God gave me a new life. And even when we speak, and I speak to other women in other conferences about trapped, I mean, about the abuse, we all have a scar. We all have something that we remember. And when I think about, even this takes it off course, when I think about communion, when I think when they tell you to pick up that cracker, I don't look at it as a cracker. I look at it as Christ. He was Amen. broken. And he didn't take that to the cross in his brokenness. They How they whipped him and then flipped him over. And, and he got the lashes from the front to the back. And they wasn't finished. And how we break that cracker and eat that cracker. And it says, do this in remembrance of me. And then we take that cup. That cup is his blood. I imagine. See, I'm a visual person. And it reminds me of I was trapped in so much anger and what happened that the treasure is where God is taking me. He's taking me places I've never gone before to help the one today, someone listening today, someone tomorrow. You may not be going through it today, but there's a tomorrow. And you never know who you're going to reach and where they are because we, we keep so much hidden inside. So God gave me the word trapped with the treasure. And I'm like, okay, God, what is trapped with the treasure? Like, I know what I've been through, but what can I tell the people? And God doesn't always give you everything at once because you have to keep that communication with him and then he gave me isaiah 45 and 3 which is i will give you the treasures of darkness and darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that i the lord who called you 
by name, which is Erica Cooper. I called Amen. you by name to do go out to the people, to the highways and byways. I don't care if it's in a crack house. I used to go into places and give them food that no one else would go and tell them God loves you. And my pastors were like, I know who did this. You know, we had drives and food conferences or whatever we did, Feeding America. I would go places no one else would go so everyone can get fed because everyone needs to know there is a tomorrow. If you can help someone in the place they're in, in darkness, then they can see the treasure on the inside because God says, I called you. God of Israel, you know that God, that's his chosen place, and we are his chosen people. And even if you don't know God, he still created you. He still has a treasure for you. He still has something better than where you are that's going to blow your mind. The treasure is on the inside of you once you give up that anger, once you give up that drug, once you give up that thing that's holding you back, that stronghold, there's so much greater for you, but you just got to reach out and grab it. And God has a plan, not just for me, but for everybody. Amen. Can you tell us about men? Because we always think it's only men that suffers. Men get emotional. Women get emotional abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse. Uh, men suffers as well. So in your organization, did you get men that come in that want help? Yes. I had one that reached out to me a week ago. And what happened is I was one of making my, I, I called a couple of people and he was someone that was going to help me make my webpage. So I didn't want it to just be a picture offline. I was going to do the makeup and we were going to do it like a real, you know, like a have me looking like I was violent and had been abused with fake blood or whatever. He's in New York. And because of COVID and because I was in an automobile accident, I couldn't quite get there and things haven't been like the way I wanted it. So he called me two weeks ago and wanted to reschedule. But he also called me and said, well, I know that you're helping women for domestic violence. But he says, I'm a man and I'm the violent person and I don't want to be like this anymore. And I said, there's room for you. We want you all to speak up and let us know when you need help. So what I did was I transferred the call to my husband because we have a church, because I'm a pastor's wife, it's Acts of the Apostles Churches International. And my husband has a men's group. So I deal with the women because women are more comfortable with women. I asked him, would he be okay with talking to my husband as a pastor? He said, okay. So now he's getting counseling and help with my husband, you know, in that area. Because it's not just about being violent. It's about getting to the core of why you're angry and why you feel you have to be mm -hmm. violent. And once you get to the core to realize what it is about, because some people grow up in that environment, so they think that's all there is, is abuse, that you're supposed to put your hands on a woman. Sometimes it's drug-induced, sometimes it's just bipolar, and sometimes it's just you. So you have to find different avenues to get the help you need, but you have to recognize where it is. And to me, it always starts with Christ. Um, some people can go to AA, some people can go to these counselings, but in order to be whole again, in order to get you know, whatever it is in, inside of you out, you have to recognize where is it coming from. So that's where our church, Acts of the Apostles Church International, that's where my husband and men's, men's group, they encourage each other. Men aren't really scared to talk to other men. And that's where we have a healing and de deliverance ministry, both of us. So he's able to get the healing that he needs so he can be delivered. Amen. Amen. Man, your story is so powerful. Um, where do you see yourself, um, where God is taking this ministry? Um, what, what, what do you want God to do with your ministry? Because I don't believe your ministry is just in the U.S. 
So where, what do you want God to do with the ministry and the vision? The vision I have is for people to open up your mouth. You have to speak up. You have to let us know, someone know that you're hurting. And what God has me now, I just got my 501c3 doing COVID last year in 2021. Um, where God has me now is just, I'm trying to reach people. I'm trying to let them know, if you're serious about getting help, my organization right now will help you. Whatever state you're in, I've even helped someone that's in Canada. I will Google, I will help. I will get on the phone and help call a shelter for you to go to, for a place that you can get get away from where you know the abuse is it takes time sometimes for people to move like um so you have to get a plan set a plan in place so you're not being abused or stalked or killed when you're leaving and that's what the first thing we tell you is are you safe do you have a plan that way when your abuser is there or you know or leaves the house to go to work sometimes you have these organizations that'll pick you up and it take you to a disclosed place. And that's what, Tre what Treasure is doing now. I'm trying to let people know that I am here. I can get resources for you and I will help call these places for you. And for those who are in immediate, like right now, um, what I've been doing, thank you God for, you know, I'm donating to my own organization, I need really donations. So when these women need to get out right now, I can't, if they're in desire, need call a hotel and make sure they have a place to go. If there is anyone on the broadcast that would like prayer, you could call in. And the call-in number is 518-351-9236. Again, the call-in number is 518-351-9236. Because we have a great woman of God on the line on the broadcast. And Pastor Erica is here and ready to pray and to um, set the captives free. She's into deliverance. That's a strong part of your ministry, right? Glory to God. So, yes, ma'am. Healing and deliverance. Amen. So we want to take opportunity to use this vessel of honor that God have given unto us to pray. Amen. So if you're on this broadcast right now and you need prayer, please call in on the conference number and it's 518-351-9236. Again, 518-351-9236. Glory to God. We give God praise. So go ahead, woman of God, before they call in, you were saying something. I was just saying just how great God is. And, you know, once I relocated to um, New York first with my husband and I was um, helping him with his ministry being you know his wife and he was teaching me about um, his his mission is to help those also who are in need of healing and deliverance those who are on drugs those who are coming from broken places there's a lot of gangs in New York so you know he has that 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 ministry for the men also as well as the ministry of the people for the church and it's just ironic how God brought us together and we both have that ministry of, of helping people, you know, get healed and get delivered. We relocated here in New Jersey. We had a building, but now we're going virtual because of COVID and it wasn't safe. So we still are available. We're still available on Sundays. We have service online on Facebook at three o'clock. And then during the week, we have Bible study on Thursdays. But if you are in need of prayer, we have a number you can call um, my Trap with a Treasure phone number is um, 
303-1294. And you can reach me on that line. If you want to email me, my email is trappedwiththetreasure2019 at gmail.com. So we are available even to talk. Okay. Is there a caller on the line? Hello. Hello. Yes, I can address Awa. Hi, Awa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm here on Iron Sharpener. Welcome to Iron Sharpener Radio Show. Oh, thank you. Would you like prayer? Okay, health and wealth. Yes. Amen. Pastor Erica, we have a caller on the line. Her name is Awa. And she would like you to pray for divine health, strength, and wealth. Amen, amen, amen. I'm trying to switch this over. Um, can you say her name is Owl? Good afternoon, Owl. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, we're asking you, God, to bring divine healing to your daughter, God, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. God, we know that you are the God of, of everything, of the healing, God. You're the God of deliverance, God. You're the God of the all I, I am that I am. You said to come to you, God, as a child, God, knowing that whatever it is that we ask in your name, God, it shall be done. So, God, I touch and agree with her, God, for whatever the healing, whatever the issue is, oh, God, that you reveal it so the doctors can know, oh, God, so they can also help her in her healing, God, and also for whatever it is, God, that's bothering her in her mind, oh, God, whatever's troubling her in her heart, God, Lord, move it away. Give her the strength, oh, God, to know that she is able to come out of this, God. You just have to have faith to believe. God, your word says without faith, we, it's impossible, God, even please you. So, God, give her the faith to know that whatever it is, God, is already done. God, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, bring back the healing, oh, God, that she so desired, the joy, God, the love, God. Do whatever it is, God, that she's in need of, God. And I touch and agree to know that it is done, God. Turn it around, God. Allow her even in her atmosphere, God, that's drawing her and her anxiety, God, is bothering her, God, that's ailing her, God. Let her move it. Get it away from, get it away, God. Reveal it to her, oh God, those things that are not seen, oh God, that she doesn't know, oh God, that's causing these issues in her heart, God, and in her health. God, do it like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, even with her wealth, God, whatever it is she's in need of, God, you have it, God. Let her believe, oh God. Let her believe, oh God, not just ask, but you have to believe that is done. God, I thank you. We honor you. We glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Kim, you are blessed on every side. You just feel like family already. We haven't met personally, but you feel like family. So we have to connect. You have to get together. I don't know. You have to fly here. I have to fly there. But we have to meet. A lot of, of my guests on Iron Sharpner, God has allowed me to meet so many wonderful women and men of God. And I, I have to meet them. So I have to start booking my calendar to take trips. <laughs> Glory to God. So I just want to pray for you, woman. You have poured out and you have poured out an iron sharpener. And truly God is pleased because you sacrifice your time and you have sacrificed everything to be on the show, to be a blessing to my mm -hmm. listeners. So I just want to pray. Father, we just thank you right now for trapped in a treasure father we thank you for this great ministry we thank you for this international ministry lord we thank you for everything you have done in her life lord because it says a, a, a vessel 
So, Father, we just thank you right now for what you did on the show. Glory to God. It was truly a blessing. I pray that it will touch millions as Iron Sharpener radio broadcast will go forth globally. They will see your show and it will touch lives. In the name of Jesus, I cover the show. I cover Iron Sharpener under the blood. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Join us every week. We're here. Glory to God. Not only Thursday, but we'll be here Fridays and Mondays and maybe every day as the Lord allow. If you want to be a guest on the show, email ironsharpener21 at gmail.com. If you want to advertise your business, email me ironsharpener21 at gmail.com or you call 518-703-8487. 518-703-8487. You are blessed. Thank you for joining Iron Sharpener.